This is your video cast for the first week of December 2020. And we, quite frankly, we had to get to work. I mean, think about this. This month for us, December, is normally full. You have five days roughly for our staff at PRI. You have a full week at Gateway. So 12 to 15 days in, in full usually spent in a combination of Indianapolis and St. Louis. That's basically half the month. Derek's sighing over there. That's basically half the month. And then suddenly, poof, the COVID year. For the first time in really five-plus years um, with no Indianapolis, no PRI, and no Gateway, uh, no St. Louis in December, we've got a little bit of time to kind of set our feet and get them under us, get our bearings about us after, I guess you'd call it the, the wildest year in the history of our sport, possibly. And Derek, we can, we can get on that content creation chain a little bit that we've not had a lot of time to do. And you saw that this morning when I did a Rigsby report. This really is kind of bizarre for us, isn't it, Suave? A December where we're kind of staring at this, this blank slate overall. And as much as I love Gateway, I really do love Gateway, PRI I could probably do without. Uh, this is kind of nice, isn't it? We've got this free and clear, free and clear might not be the term, Derek, but we've got 30 days to set our feet get some content cranked out and start working on some stuff. Well, yeah, wasn't it two years ago we were at the Gateway Dirt Nationals? I think it was like <laughs> the end of November going into December on the final night. And uh, I'm kind of disappointed, but the way 2020 has been, you figure that Gateway and PRI, those are two great events for the sport, no matter what you say, Rigsby. It's a great time, but it's nice to take a little break. If I took the trade show away from PRI, I feel like you would like PRI exactly the same. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's one of the hardest 14-day stretches of the entire year. I do the Summer Nationals, but 14 days in a row, you're, it's busy, long days. They're late nights, only because I can't sleep. That's the only reason, because I get too nervous. No, like, extracurricular activities at two events. But, yeah, it's kind of nice to sit back and relax. And when they canceled it, I was like, oh, man, now I get to, you know, I help with basketball in the high school. I was like, oh, I get to help them. But guess what? No hoops this season, so 2020 has been a disaster, but we get to breathe a little bit. You know, I've got some fun plans this month for some content stuff. You and I kind of laid it out yesterday, what we're going to do during the month of December. I know, Suave, you've got this really fun piece called, and I don't know if I have the title of it right, but it's, Can You Believe That This Happened This Year? What exactly is this piece you're doing? And give us some examples. I'm looking forward to it. Well, one example is, uh, can you believe it's the same year that we are at Vado for the World of Outlaws <laughs> no, in January? I cannot believe that. No. It's basically, I'm going to show off the memorable moments of the entire 2020 campaign, even the ones we may have forgotten, just like that where we started off in Vado. 2020 was one wild of a, of a year, and when we didn't think we might not have racing throughout the summer, we got her done. We had some classic moments. Highs and lows. It's just going to kind of rewind and look back at 2020. I think everybody's going to enjoy it. I actually think, and I'm looking forward to that, I think December 14th, Monday, December 14th, that's coming out. Um, I can't get over the fact that I think if we had, as busy as this year has been for us, and as wide open, and by that I mean busy as we've been, if we had Gateway and PRI, I think we'd be dead. I actually think we would be dead. Well, get ready for 2021, <laughs> because it, it's looking like it's going to be pretty busy, too. But also, Dad, what about the glasses? They look geeky. I, I, you I look, mean, um, I trust mom you. Mom likes more. them. Did, mom said she likes them. Yeah. Well, you can't look at. She thinks I'm good looking, so you can't, yeah, you so can't trust her I look with great. anything. Yeah. In the meantime, before we kind of get to all that content in December, this week our best of 2020 coverage kicked off today. As a matter of fact, I believe, and this will be our 14th year. Oh God, I'm getting old. That we have done the best of coverage, and it's some of my favorite stuff on Dirt on Dirt. Always today the. Actually, tomorrow morning, isn't it? Tomorrow morning. Because yep, this will likely air Tuesday night, Wednesday. So tomorrow morning today, the drivers of the year dropped. Let's take a look at the full schedule of DirtOnDirt.com's best of coverage that we've got. Kicks off December 2nd with top drivers. That's video that we put together. Derek crushes it on the editing and an article. Uh, best victory lane moments. Driver awards. Best finishes. That's my favorite one, I think, is best finishes. Top five lists of, of the entire year. You know, top five individual performances top five memorable moments, things like that. Best action images, best sound bites. And then we do these state-by-state -state capsules. And DMAC, I know those roll over to the next page. We start by the Midwest on December 14th, and then it goes on into early or mid-December, the North and the West and the South from there as we do state-by-state -state capsules. Memorable crashes, the best races. That's always one that is hotly debated on December 18th. The best race faces. It's a photo slideshow of the, the shots from the pits and victory lane. 
most memorable moments. We had That's, a few. We this have year. a few great memorable <laughs> moments, including things like Kyle Strickler at the stream. I guess if you can call that a moment, Derek, it was more of a heartbreak. It's still a moment. Then but a yes. moment. Uh, the best of the rest of the images, and Derek, the year of music, which you edit every year. Yeah, it's a great thing. I got a couple. Dri- I got a driver. My co-host kind of. You know, he wants the music change, but I said, you know what? <laughs> this year we already have it done. Next year, Turbo, I promise we will have a new music. But those are always an enjoy to, uh, to do every year and uh, takes a lot of time to edit. I think the, dri- the drivers of the year and races of the year is combined for like 95 minutes. Oh, so I got to edit all your great audio, which you never make <laughs> mistakes on. So it's a great time. And uh, yeah, I yes, a lot of I cannot mistakes. wait until we get races of the year. Because that is the most debated, and uh, some good ones on there, no if, doubt about if it. If I can, no doubt about it. And if I can pat ourselves on the back a little bit, to me, Derek, the best of stuff at DOD is where we really flex our muscle at Dirt on Dirt every year. We're the true experts of the space. I do believe that, especially on the media side. And when you watch, read, and listen to this stuff, you clearly see and hear, oh, wow. These guys love dirt late model racing more than any human beings on the planet. And I want it's the reason I'm giving a shout-out to this best of stuff. I want people to really dive into that and appreciate that. And my favorite part is when the trolls come out on Twitter <laughs> after the list comes out. People will be mad at what the DOD panel voted on, but I think we did a great job. But I'm here to tell you right now, we do not care what you think. Because <laughs> we, we know, care. yeah, we don't care, as Stephen A. Smith would say. We kind of get late model racing. And, you know, no matter what list you do, no matter what ranking you do, no matter in anything, people are going to get mad about it. Just Enjoy it, people. It's some great content. While we're talking about year-end stuff, let's give those trolls a little bit of juice right now. Let's take a look at who our top five drivers of the year as voted on by the DOD staff was, because I think, I wouldn't call it controversy, but I think some people, including you, might have had these shuffled around a little bit. DMAC, throw that up on the screen. Our top five drivers of the year in that Driver of the Year video, uh, no no debate about number one, right? Brandon Shepard, uh, third consecutive year, fourth consecutive year, the, the Rocket House Car team has won the award with his third. 31 races. Jimmy Owens second, Brandon Overton third, T-Mac fourth, and Brian Shirley comes home fifth with his 13 wins overall. Derek, I agree with this order. This is how I would have the top five. You, I believe, would have two and three switched, would you not? I have Brandon Overton ahead of Jimmy Owens. I guess the final deciding factor would be that Brandon Overton raced more of those regional races and got like 10 to 12 wins on those, but he did win the USA Nationals. He showed out in Charlotte. I just feel like from February to November into December, I think he had the best resume between Jimmy Owens, but Brandon Shepard. How do you win 31 races in COVID? I, that's kind of what I'm looking. I think Dennis Herb still is going to race 90 times this year. And Todd and I talked about it on the podcast. Leave this up here for a second, DMAC, because I want to touch on Brian Shirley too. Um, yeah, It wasn't all that different, right? We lost a lot of March and April. We always lose a lot of March and April with rain. Two years ago, 41% of the races is all we completed in March and April. So back to this point. Um, I think Overton, 20 wins with the schedule Jimmy ran is similar to 26 wins with the schedule Overton ran, and that's why I have Jimmy number two. But an easy case can be made for Brandon Overton, who will be the driver of the year at one point in his career, I think. I mean, I did so close, Brandon Overton. (laughs) I projected that you would be driver of the year back in March, but uh, just fell short. And uh, I think Brian Shirley, he'll get a little – I tweeted out my top five, and really a lot of people agree with Brian Shirley. That – but I think maybe some people are going to disagree, but 13 wins overall is not too shabby. And, and for good any. wins too, right? Those are summer nationals wins where he's beaten good guys. Um, he's Those are Arizona races. He's beaten good fields. It's not like Shirley won a bunch of 2,000 win races. I, and there wasn't a clear-cut fifth guy, in my opinion, right? JD only won three or four races this year. I mean, Bobby Pierce is usually in the mix, yep. only had eight wins. Yep. Those guys in that fifth to ninth category usually have double digit wins that wasn't the case this year no I agree I'm happy I'm content with this list it didn't take all that long to figure it out I could you could make an argument for two and three being flipped but I think overall I think those are the top five drivers in the country uh this year before we get to Ben Shelton Kevin Kovac who are going to join us for this video cast uh first and foremost I wanted to give a shout out again to our friends at Bomb Chevy Buick down there in Clinton Illinois Bomb Chevy Buick is Central Illinois' number one dealer and has been family-owned and operated since 1928. Throw that bomb graphic up there for me if you could, Dustin. It's almost 100 years old now. And I'm not just saying this. They are the nicest people in the car and truck game that I have ever have ever met. Hit their website at Bomb Chevy Buick. That's B-A-U-M, ChevyBuick.com. And Swab, if you buy from Bomb, you should do this because I don't know that you have a free DOD or Flow subscription. You get a <laughs> lifetime subscription to Dirt on Dirt and Flow Racing if you buy from Bomb Chevy Buick. You don't have to pay for your account anymore, Derek. That'd be nice. I mean, I've been going on year 13 now, and <laughs> so I'm not 
nothing different to me, but yeah, Bomb Chevrolet, that uh, yeah. beautiful truck that turned D-Mac and Kane drive down the road. They'll be taking it out to Arizona here in a month and a half. It's a uh, go out there and check it out. They've been there for a long time, and I mean, who wouldn't want a lifetime subscription? I was mentioning the top five drivers earlier, and there's plenty we can debate about the year and much to discuss as we start to put a bow on the season. But I want more than Derek and I to just do that, right? As we welcome in two of our favorite people and longtime members of the Dirt on Dirt team, Ben Shelton and Kevin Kovac, who are going to wrap with Suave and I for the next 30 or 40 minutes. And they're on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline now. Uh, boys, first off, Kevin, I'll start with you. Are our top five drivers correct or not? Oh, I think so. I, I, I would agree totally with the top five. Uh, the top three, like you said, no doubt about it. I mean, those were the, the head, head and shoulders above everybody else. A little bit like below that with Tim McCready. And then uh, the fifth guy was like, he just, it was, um, it was almost you couldn't figure out who that fifth guy was. And that you did a little investigating and you, and you look at Brown Shirley's resume and I believe that he's number five uh, this year. Ben, easy agreeing from Kevin. Is that the case with you two or no? <laughs> No, I, I definitely agree. I mean, everything he just said is everything on my mind. And, you know, the top four locks, the top three are obvious. McCready obviously had a great year. He had Shirley there in fifth. And I think there's going to be some drivers that say, hey, I should have been in fifth. But let's be honest, as good as the top three were, might have been as inconsistent as the rest of the country. Really, really, the top four was inconsistent as the rest of the country. And I think Brian, man, he had a big start to the year. He got hot late. If he didn't have a lot of bad luck there around, you know, July and, and into early August, who knows what the year could have been for him. I will say, I think the order of the top three is right, but being completely honest, I'm a guy that loves those independent seasons, and I'm with Suave. I think Overton could possibly be in number two, and Owen's back to three. Such a smart guy, Ben. <laughs> okay. Ben's wearing his glasses right now back at the house, too, I feel like. Uh, listen, Overton was great, right? I think at one point I said in Drivers of the Year, he will win Driver of the Year, so he can live with number three uh, this year. Ben? I'm going to stick with you for this, and Kevin, you can answer after. I had Todd Turner on my podcast this week, and I asked him, what did we learn about dirt late model racing this year? In the face of the only global pandemic, we weren't around for the Spanish flu suave back in the early 1900s. Bloomquist was. Uh, he might have been. He might have been. And Scott's head will be around for the next global pandemic <laughs> in the next 100 years. What did we learn about our sport? Ben, you first. What did we learn about dirt late model racing this year? Man, I think we, we, and I'll say I, I can't say we, but I learned there's no shortage of grit and grind. And of course, I'm all about the Memphis Grizzlies, grit and grind, you know, here, here in Memphis. But there's no short of grit and grind in dirt late model racing. I mean, I go back to May when things slowly started to open back up. You had guys racing all over the freaking country for five and 7,000 to win just to race. And I mean, for the love of God, we did speed weeks twice this year, people. Let's not forget <laughs> that. Um, you know, when faced with adversity, our tracks, our drivers, our fans, our sponsors, they did what it took to make sure that, you know, the show went on. And I'll admit it, I th we proved to be a lot stronger and determined than I would have thought this time last year if you asked me the same question. Kovac, what about you? Yeah, I, I say, like, I just think of the words like very adaptable and resilient for the whole sport because, uh, I mean, there, there, was, there was scary times there right at the beginning. Luckily, Fortunately, all, all the shutdown with coronavirus really, really happened in, in the spring, like you had mentioned earlier, uh, Michael, that it was the time that we usually get a lot of rain anyway. So it wasn't in the heart of it, but still, there was so much uncertainty. You didn't know what was going to happen, and, and it seemed like every promoter, every race car driver, everybody, every uh, manufacturer, and everybody just kind of put their head down and said, hey, we're going to figure out a way to make this work. We're going to figure out a way to still get through this season, and and it went much better than I thought it could go. I, I was expect. I thought there would be a point where maybe everybody would have to really take some big. Uh, there wouldn't be any fifty thousand dollar win races. Everybody would really have to accept some lower purses, and, and and that wasn't the case. Everybody figured out a way to do it, and and got through this season uh, pretty well. I mean, there's a few tracks that had some problems. A few, you know, that that weren't able to run because of the, where they were and stuff, or or they wouldn't have been able to have fans. But overall, really was pretty good. You know, the sneaky secret is I know of a lot of tracks, and I'm just going to say it, and I'm not going to call any names out, who financially had their best seasons that they've ever had. They literally told me, we made more money this year than we ever did. Is it messed up? Is it bizarre? Is it not fair? What what the hell is that exactly, that some of these racetracks just made more money than they've ever made, Kevin, um, in a season that we thought might not happen at all? I, I need some help putting that in perspective, I think. 
<laughs> you know, I, I've seen it some of the racetracks I was at this year. The crowds, I mean, it was uh, it, it, like it's, dirt track racing definitely went under the radar this year a little bit. They were able to get a lot of the races in in a lot of areas where other entertainment things didn't happen, and that definitely had to have an effect on on how things turned out. Where like there wasn't minor league baseball killing off some fans. There wasn't. You couldn't go to a movie theater. You couldn't – most places, you couldn't go to bars or anything. So people were trying to find some – there wasn't concerts even, you know. So people were looking for something, and their local dirt track was something to go out there and do uh, as long as they, you know, felt comfortable going out and sitting with people in the, in the grandstands. And, and that really made a, made a, had a big impact on how many – how the crowds came, uh, turned out. And, and you also remember that this, this was a season where – uh, you, you the, the the there was a there wasn't as many races early in the year too. Let's not forget that where like there was actually a little bit of a break this year, which we didn't have in a lot of years. A lot of people have always said, "Hey, there's too many races." This year it was kind of cut back. It might have made people want to go to the races more. Made made racers want to go to the races more, and had people had some money to do it too. So there were some good factors uh, in in racing's favor this year also. Ben, go ahead. Your thoughts on that? Well, to you know, to expand on what Kevin just said, yeah, we had that break. We may never have another break in the rest <laughs> of the history of dirt late model racing now if the country doesn't get shut down. Well, I mean, we're racing 13 months a year. But, yeah, to echo what he said, you know, when it comes to the events I promote, I admittedly have a hard time relishing in success. I'm always analyzing after the event. What could we have done to be even be more successful? And along those lines, I told you, Michael, I told a lot of track, you know, people with different tracks, if we couldn't be wildly successful this year, then we had even bigger issues to deal with. Because like Kevin said, for the most part, you couldn't go to restaurants, no movies, ball games, et cetera. We were literally the only choice for entertainment. And, you know, I would have never dreamed that for a lot of tracks, the pandemic would create a dream season financially. But that's what happened. And now here comes my always looking ahead. We got to figure out how to keep these people coming back when all these things open back up. Ben and I was going to say Ben and DJ because you guys were the ones that I text. I dropped Ben and Dustin a text last week. Kevin, you were not on this. It was actually a Slack message. <laughs> what is this? And I said, what is the single most interesting thing happening in dirt late model racing right now? It was crickets for a good few hours from Ben and Dustin. <laughs> and I was going to ask you the same thing, Kevin. Uh, followed by some answers that those guys gave me that, Derek, they weren't exactly that sexy, right? They were fine. They were fine. You know, listen, Ben's tired. I know, right? I mean, he's, he's tired right now. Uh, so you had a little time to think about it. Kevin, I sent you this question beforehand. Kovac, I'll start with you. What is the single most interesting thing happening in dirt late model racing right now? Ben, when he's done, you just take it from there and you go. I sort of look at it as like these big multi-day events. That, that are happening like more and more it seems like it's not just this stretch from like July to August where like the you know the Silver Dollar Nationals and the Prairie Dirt Classic and the USA Nationals North South 100 Topless 100 it's not just that stretch anymore it seems like it's going more and more for both national series are having uh, multiple day events paying big money I mean in this coming year will be like Boone Iowa is going to have a major outlaw event uh, um, and there, there's there's things like that that there's there's this Port Royals having a big three day Lucas Oil event paying thirty thousand dollars to win on Saturday night. You're seeing it all over, and it's almost like I, I remember back you know 15 years ago or so. A lot of the drivers, Bloomquist was one of them, was saying he wanted to have like one big event at each weekend where everybody would go to like a NASCAR type thing where everybody focused on one event, and and it's sort of happening like that of course there's going to be times when there's outlaws and lucas running the same weekends with, with big events the multi-day events too but it, it is it's, it's narrowing down here where there is like you could just pick a race track and, and go through it for a few days on a weekend and it's tough i think for us covering it and it's hard for the racers sometimes because there's uh it's hard doing a few days in a row but it's great to spread the bigness of the the, the largeness of the sport and excitement of the sport to a lot of different areas of fans you know I, I think for me right now some of the most interesting things haven't been made public yet and i think they will be very soon uh, at the risk of going mia i'm not going to be the one to break them here but i think <laughs> that there's some interesting stuff that's going to be coming out very soon from a lot of different areas of the sport however for me i think it's been really interesting watching the transformation at west virginia motor speedway and admittedly 
I was a little skeptical on how long it would take the Watson family to get that place looking good again, but they've really done an amazing job in a short time. And it's kind of like the time-lapse scene in Revenge of the Nerds when the Lambdas rebuild the broken-down shack into their fraternity house. That's kind of what it's been like watching West Virginia Motor Speedway and what they're doing up there. So I think for me, that's really had my attention peaked. And maybe it's my engineering background, but I think it's been really impressive. Derek's got some great videos. Maybe that we he can uh, pulled right now. Great video, Suave. Pull. Well, who West shot Virginia it though? Motor, that's you, 2010 I, I, dirt I did track. Shoot this in 2010. Maybe we can redo Pensboro next. Uh, let's 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 not stretch it too far. Um, here's the thing about West Virginia Motor. Before we move on, Derek, because I know you got the next question here, I, Ben. I told him the same thing, and I gave him a huge shout out in Rigsby Report this morning when I said I was, you know, listen, I want to see him get a couple years under his belt. But I told him, I'm like, there's no way this is going to work, right? The transformation that Cody has put into that place, and this is no bullshit. It's unreal, Derek. What and he's didn't done he even mention to you that it went better as planned? Like he said, it wasn't really that hard to do it all. He, he, he actually said it was a lot more cosmetic yeah. than we thought. I, Kovac, you've been to WVMS before, I know. You've seen the Facebook before and afters. It's pretty incredible, honestly. Oh, oh my God. I, it's so much green grass everywhere. And it's like, and it's a big place. There's a lot of uh, land there, too. It's, I, I think one just one mention here. I did see pictures of it before the the, the fixing up, and you would not believe that tower. There's cows <laughs> that gotten in that tower, and there was cow manure, and over the entire the whole entire tower was filled with cow manure, and there was a cow skeleton, a skull, outside the window because apparently one of the cows went right through the window, crashed through the window, and killed itself. <laughs> So wow. I mean, there was a lot of there was some stuff, crazy stuff to do. I I I saw that stuff of those pictures of that place, and I'm like, man, wow, this place looks like it's a new track, uh, at least from the air, it does. I'm gonna ask you guys kind of a personal question. Usually these two weeks coming up, we're busy. We're at PRI, we're at Gateway, but I want to know what you two are gonna be doing in these upcoming weeks since you got some time at home. <laughs> Maybe take your ladies out for dates. What do you guys have planned, Ben? I'll go with you first. <laughs> I am literally as busy as I've ever been in my professional career in racing. It is unbelievable. Just preparing for the Wild West shootout, the Wild Wing shootout. I know we're going to talk about Gateway being postponed here in a little bit, but I really don't know how I would have got it all done this year just because there's so much going on preparing for next year and um, you know, I'm very thankful to be as busy as I am, but for the love of God, man, I'm working seven <laughs> days a week. So, Kevin, what have you got? He's got a date with Lori uh, no, somewhere. Like uh, it's our 20th anniversary tomorrow. So oh. uh, we would go to Key West for a few days, but we scrapped that plan for this year. We're not doing that, but we're going to the great town of Bedford, Pennsylvania this week. To the half mile? Bedford Springs Hotel. But it is really deep there. <laughs> it's going to be a little cold, no palm trees, but uh, we'll get away there for the weekend or something. And, uh, and But other than that, not too much. Uh, just getting ready. Before we know it, there's going to be uh, Arizona coming up in a few weeks, it seems like. I say, and you know, I'm glad Derek's, it's a perfect segue into my next question. I say a full December off right now. I'm using the term off very loosely, not attending events is exactly what this sport needs right now. And again, that is no disrespect to Gateway because I love Gateway. and We're, we're better with Gateway than we are without Gateway. Again, PRI, I'm a little lukewarm on, right? So eh, I could take it or leave it. Gateway, I adore though. But, but given the year we've had, and the uncertainty that I think our country is facing in the next few months, I think a hard reset in the next 30 days, even with those couple extreme races in there in the South, I think we need it more than ever. Kovac, am I right about that? That right now we need this month as a sport to breathe. Oh, I would, it, it'd be, it's great. I, yeah, I, I always think that there needs to be a little bit of a breathing room there for everybody to regroup and, and kind of separate the seasons. I mean, it just seems like we just run right into the next one. It'd be nice to be like, hey, this is uh, this is 2020, this is 2021. Let's have a – these are two different seasons, not the same one. And uh, and we're going to have that, it looks like, now with, with this. I mean, it's still – Pete Weeks is going to be longer than ever. So it's, it's not like we have that much of a break. But it is nice to get a little breather. And, and, and I'm talking to some people, you know, in the industry and stuff, and they've said, too, the same thing where – uh, it, it will be nice for everyone to kind of, you know, recharge there, even if it's their pocketbook to go buy stuff to go racing or, uh, you know, or, or just their bodies. To, because, I mean, there was a lot of racing packed into a short, shorter time this year. Ben, you go you ahead. Know, I, 
I, I, I agree with all that. And, you know, an analogy that I've used uh, several people in the industry is, you know, when things opened up back in May, we literally thought that any given weekend could be the last before things shut down again, honestly, for the rest of the year. So we went out there and we all gave it 150% effort each and every week. And the next thing you know, it's seven damn months later. <laughs> and we've been wide open the whole time. I just think as a whole, our sport is exhausted right now. And honestly, you've seen it in the drivers and the teams and, you know, the, the series people. You've seen it for the past few months. And I think a break for a month of December is just what the doctor ordered. It is December, so we have no gateway. Typically next week is PRI, so it's the silly season ramps up, even though we kind of get silly season stuff a little earlier now. Uh, this was Derek's idea, and it's a great question. Give me, uh, Ben, you first, and then when Ben's done, Kevin, you just jump on top. Uh, give me a favorite rumor or two you are hearing about silly season, Ben, you first. Well, this one is easy for me, and and I've heard, I mean, I've heard some people that usually really know their stuff, and they're not the kind to spread rumors, and I laugh every time I hear it, and here it goes. It's Brandon Shepard is tired of racing for Mark Richards. He wants to go back to his family-owned team, so he's leaving the Rocket One car. He's going back to Illinois, and wait for it. Jonathan Davenport is leaving Lance Landers Racing and taking over driving duties at Rocket One Racing. Look, both these guys incredibly talented. They're not going anywhere. I mean, and especially in that scenario. Uh, but I've heard it a lot. It's been a very popular rumor. I've heard it year. at least three times. Nothing too. else can touch it. Funny story with that, Ben. I was talking to JD at Charlotte about that, and he said that Lance calls JD and says, uh, "You got something to tell me?" And JD's <laughs> like, uh, "I'm not sure what you're talking about." And they kind of went over the details. He's like, well, hell, that's news to me. And then Sheppy kind of heard the same thing the other way. So I don't know whoever started that rumor, but that's a good one. Ben, you have, any, ben, yeah, ben, you have anything else or is it Kovac's turn? No, it's Kovac. <laughs> I can't top that. All one. right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because I'm like, Brandon Shepard getting tired of winning 30 races <laughs> a year. I know, right? You know? He's getting tired of winning four $100,000 races in a row. I mean, man, we're going to have to check that 27-year-old's mind out if that's the case. No but, kidding. Uh, but anyway, I heard a rumor that I, I've i been hearing a lot, a lot around, going around too, and, and uh, I, I'd like to kind of see it happen myself, is dirt late models at Bristol. You know, they're putting dirt down uh, on, on Bristol Motor Speedway and in, in, in for the March race, for the NASCAR Cup race, and which is a pretty big deal in itself. And they got to have something else there. They're not going to do all that work if they're not going to have some uh, some late models or sprint cars or modifieds or something else there. So 100 keep hearing rumblings, hey, maybe yeah. in April or something, there'll be a race. And, man, I'd love to see it. I didn't get to see that race back in uh, when they put dirt on it, what, 20 years ago almost. And uh, so I'd like to see some dirt go on there and see late models out uh, running around the big high banks there. There will be, there will be something at Bristol. I don't even think that's a, a rumor. I think it is a rumor, Kevin, but yes, <laughs> they're having something there. It will be sprints, late models, outlaws, Lucas, who knows, something else. Somebody will race there for sure. Uh, okay, that's the rumors that we've got. Uh, Kevin, you first, then you, Ben. What is oh, – it's a post-COVID cough swap. <clears throat> oh, man, hope you're okay. I'm still fighting it. Entertain the, entertain <laughs> the people for five seconds, <laughs> Well, I'll ask the question for you. Yeah, ask the question for me, would you? I'm struggling. Thank you. What has already been announced that you guys are taking much interest in for 2021? Kovac will go with you, Stud Muffin. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I, excuse me. I heard a lot of coughing and everything there. Could you repeat that question there real quick? For God's <laughs> sake. What we, we said we covered the rumors. What has already been announced that you are excited about? We're taking oh, okay. interest in I, I, I'm really interested in the Daryl Lanigan going back to the Rocket Task Fold in, uh, in 2021. Uh, he's staying with Sean Martin, you know, who fielded uh, his uh, very right house car uh, this past season. Uh, but they're switching chassis, and it's going to go back to everything. Will go back to being worked on at Atlantic's shop, where he always seems like that's where he performs his best. But it's been a while; it's been you know seven years since uh, Daryl and, and Mark Richards were uh, teamed up. But you know, hey, well, Mark Richards was building Daryl's cars, and and those those guys were inseparable for for a long time uh, on the road all the time. You see them. Then they had that famous falling out there a little bit at uh. At, uh, at, at, at Volusia uh, Speedway Park the one year during the Dirt Car Nationals where Lanigan pulls out. Next thing you know, he's down in the Gator Pond instead of next to, uh, <laughs> next to, next, uh, parking next to Mark. So maybe we'll see them two going back together, riding, running down the road, and or at least parking next to each other in the pit area. That'll be a, be a good reunion, I think, this year. Ben, you go ahead. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I think for, for me right now, as much as I'm a, I love the regional scene and I love kind of keeping an eye on that, I think what's going on on the national tours, you know, like the Lanigan deal, that's a big deal. Um, you know, on the Lucas side, obviously it's going to be pretty interesting to see what Hudson O'Neill can do in the Roger Sellers ride because I think that's going to be an interesting match. I think they can really have a lot of success together. I'm interested to see that. And then in his previous ride, Hudson's previous ride, Kyle Strickler with PCC Motorsports on the road with Lucas Oil. It's going to be interesting to see what Strickler can do because we obviously saw some flashes of, of, you know, almost brilliance this past year, if not for some bad luck. So I'm interested in that. Then on the World of Outlaws side, you've got Shane Clanton coming back to the party over there. And you've also got Ross Bells and Big Frog Motorsports. They're going to go after that Rookie of the Year title. I was talking with team owner Augie Bertram last night about it. And, man, they really think they can go out there and do something. And, I mean, they've enjoyed success together. So I think that's going to be a solid add to the national scene. I asked Todd Turner this, and I want to ask you guys both as well. Give me something that went under the radar this year that shouldn't have. What Todd said was, it was a perfect example, Justin Williams out east. He started 26 races. He won 18 of them. Uh, one of them was a 10,000 to win at Natural Bridge. Now, granted, he wasn't running Lucas and Outlaw races every weekend, but you start 26 races, Suave, and win 18 of them. That's pretty damn good. Uh, give me something under the radar, guys. Ben, you first. Then, Kevin, you can go right after. Well, I'm going to cheat and pick two things. And I don't know that it's necessarily under the radar, but I don't think it got as much attention with the big three and everything else going on. And, and the first is jeremiah hurst winning the lucas all mlra title yeah. and rookie of the year title and that was a big deal because he went to a lot of new places this year he got out of his comfort zone of you know he usually runs a lot of spec engine stuff didn't do that this year and it's not an easy jump but he did a great job that tour had 11 winners and 18 events over there and then also in the regional scene logan martin went to a new tour and a lot of unfamiliar tracks and he got the Comp Camp Super Dirt Series title. And I think that's one of the toughest regional tours in the country right now. There's a lot of talent over there. And again, that series, they had 16 different winners in 25 events. I really love where regional racing is headed in a lot of areas right now. You think Kovac's, well, you think Kovac's going to go, or you think he's just going to wait, Derek? You think he'll go? or He's ready. Uh, I'm, I'm going right now. <laughs> I'll mention. I'll give. I'm gonna throw out a mention for uh, one of uh, one of your Illinois boys here, uh, McKay Winger, uh, winning the Fairbury Championship in five races at, at Falls, a Falls Cup deal, uh, over twenty five hundred dollars to win each one at least uh, for all of his wins. And that's pretty pretty good season for uh, for McKay. I mean, coming back from, uh, I mean, he had he, he had that little uh, spell there. He ran a modified, but now he's back in the late model and. He, he wants feast for famine. He, he a lot of times if he didn't win, he wasn't finishing. But not bad. I mean, like especially at a place where, like, really, I mean, it's, it's one of the for a weekly racetrack. Uh, uh, we talk about Fairbury all the time, but it, it, it's one of the the best weekly tracks there is. Uh, so the toughest competition, best paying, and to win five is pretty impressive. I thought, which with a local race, so it goes under the radar, and people don't always talk about it as much. It's not a big. Uh, big five-figure races or anything, but congratulations to McKay for that winner, for that season. Well, first off, Kovac, how much did Winger pay you to church up that <laughs> response right there? Hey, he's a man. He's a, He's got a kid, right? He's a, he yeah. works 50 hours a, a week. Yes, right exactly. There? He's working hard. But I'm going to ask you guys, I'll let Kevin go first. Do you think 2021 will be normal like we saw in 2019, or do you think there'll be some hiccups with you know the COVID thing? Can I go first, I guess? Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. I, I would think – I think there will be a little bit maybe at the beginning of the year still. I mean, it's not over. I mean, it, it, there's more cases than there's been uh, ever yet So uh, at, at this point going through the fall here. Uh, and, and some of these races are going to possibly in the, in the spring, which, again, maybe, maybe that's a good thing. I mean, not a good thing for the, the cases, but a good thing for maybe a pause early in the season to make the rest of the season stronger. Uh, which um, it, it's a good possibility, but, you know, there is vaccines coming and, and that's going to make a big difference. I mean, maybe that will be able to get everybody back into like a real sense of normalcy when there, there won't be that big, uh, there won't be as much of a, of, a, of a worry that something could be happening, could be getting infected when you go to a racetrack or anywhere, just traveling there. So I, I think there could be a little bit of a problem early. But I think by mid-season, hopefully, I, I'm, I'll have a really good feeling that we'll be back to normal. No, I, I echo that, Kevin. I agree. And, and we would be naive if we acted like, you know, there's not going to be more issues. And, I mean, I think the inconsistencies, and we saw it in, in a lot of areas this year, you have 
areas that are completely locked down where restaurants can't be open. And then, you know, as we prepare for the wildlife shootout out in Arizona, you know, right now, knock on wood, we have no restrictions at all. You know, we're taking precautions. And I think that's the thing all the tracks got to keep in mind, just because maybe they're not cracking the whip on you. You've got to take the precautions and just understand there's going to be some hiccups. But, you know, I look at my home track, everybody was panicking around here, Riverside Speedway, that they didn't get to run the first time till the late May. And I went back and looked last year. They missed opening night this year by one date last year because the first five <laughs> nights rained out of last season. So I think that's something else we've got to keep in mind, and we'll just all have to take it as it comes. Ben and I, and I don't say this very often because this doesn't happen very often, Derek. That was a good <laughs> question, by the way. Ben and I might have been wrong about something. And again, this might be the first time breaking news that this has ever happened. Uh, and I want to call that to the floor now. Ben and I have been saying in so many words, that the bubble was going to kind of burst on things. Uh, maybe not exactly related to car counts, but related to car counts. And we start the year with 60. 65. Six, okay, one of the nights. 65. So 65 at East Bay <laughs> in the 60s, just like you and I are a couple 30-year-olds. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, <laughs> we start the year with 65 at East Bay. We end the year, in essence, at 411 last weekend with 51 cars for five grand on Thanksgiving. Benji, is this just a COVID product or were we just wrong and there is no bubble bursting that we're going to roll right into next year with these these booming car counts and crowds and everything again? Well, I'm going to be 41 in a few weeks. Maybe my memory is fading. I don't remember this conversation at all. No, I, 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 I do. We, we were just wrong. And here's the thing, though. You can't, you know, I credit what happened a lot throughout the year because of COVID. You can't credit the 65 cars at East Bay to COVID because let's be honest. Few, if any of us had any idea of the train wreck that was headed our way in about a month at that point. Right. But from May, May on, I do still say that people kept racing whenever possible out of the fear of not knowing when it could go away. And honestly, because they had nothing else to do. And, you know, last but not least, we're a sport of stubborn people. And when you tell us we can't do something, <laughs> we just make a point to do it that much more. And we saw it in the pits. We saw it in the grandstands at these events. Uh, but either way, yes, Virginia, we were terribly wrong on this prophecy we made in February. Kovac, bubble bursting, we're back. Help, give me a little context here. Yeah, it is. I, that East Tennessee, where you know 411 is located, was they did they had they had really good seasons down there at all those right, you know, Bulls Gap and and Smoky Mountain. Man, there were there were some really uh, great crowds and, and car counts were pretty strong all year long. So. It seems like they all work together. There's a key point there. They all kind of work together. They banded together. They weren't going to run on top of each other all the time. And, and that really uh, made those seasons good for everybody. It made it better. Running less race might have been better for them. Um, and I, I think that kind of factored into the 411. But there also was a nice day, uh, I think, on, on this weekend. And everybody was kind of, let's get one more race in. Y'all have them sometimes where it doesn't mean that we're going to have 50 cars all the time. but <laughs> That will uh, entice a lot of people to come. It's still, I'm still worried. Don't I hope that everybody doesn't run too much this patent this coming year. It wasn't like every race in 2000 2020 had great car counts. There were still teams at some racetracks. There were, uh, or some, I mean, I know there there's some racetracks that had two or three cars a couple times. I so saw not big races, but there were some. Uh, so let's not. It won't get carried away. The bubble's not bursting, but let's not push it too high. Let's let's not make that bubble too big so it will burst. Let's uh, let's use some of the, the things we learned this year uh, about like maybe pulling some, uh, you know, less race and less might be better at some point. All right, guys, we're going to play a game here. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> so 2020 is winding down and 2021 starts basically next week, pretty much. So <laughs> I want to ask you whose stock are you going to buy and whose stock are you selling? What driver you think is gonna you're gonna buy their stock and which one you're gonna sell? Rigsby can answer too. So for 2021, who you guys got for buy or sell for each driver? I'll let you go first, Ben. You're the guru. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy Ricky Weiss because I still think his stock is probably lower than it should be. And you know, he had a, he had a good run out there, sure. He might not have as many wins as he wanted to, but man, he had to run against that one car every night. Um, I, I think Weiss is one that you could buy lower than you would expect to have to buy it at, and it's gonna rise. And I still think that Brandon Overton, I think that guy, we haven't seen the ceiling for him yet. So he's kind of like a Microsoft. I think you buy high, but you know it's going to go even higher. That's that's probably two that are on my radar. Kevin? Uh, I'd be buying right now Ricky Thornton Jr. Uh, coming right out onto the Lucas Oil Series. I mean, look how good he did. He went on both series 
uh, in you know, about three dozen races he ran this past year with a super late model and uh first time he ran that much on the on a tour for the you know over the course of a whole season um so i i would put i he's gonna have a great season he's just a great race car driver you don't win two twenty grand races on, on national tours if you're not really a special type of driver uh so I, I'll, I'll put my money on him and let's uh and let's let's throw some more money also on uh, how about Tim McCready, he's already pretty high. But I think how? he could even go higher. He's wow. He's going to win the Lucas Oil Championship. Oh, so, Kovac. I mean, it may be a statement. Make as much money buying that stock, but I don't think that's going down. I'm going to get some good stock in and just make at least a little bit because I figure he's winning the title. By the way, this is called buy and sell. You have to All sell right. one. Both, so what's both, got You both yeah. bought. I'd like to hear yeah. one sell. Yeah, one sell. Let's you, go, please. guys. Hey, man, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not selling out. I'm buying in. Um, <laughs> if if I'm going to sell one, whew, man, you know what? I'm probably going to get a text as soon as he hears <laughs> it. I think I'm going to sell Jonathan Davenport because I think we Jonathan started the year off strong. We thought he was going to have a big year. They're still trying to work some gremlins out over there. Their tire guy, Tyler Austin Brashears, he's going to do the Mary thing, and he's off the road next year. I think I'm going to sell JD, and uh, he'll probably make me like an idiot, and that stock will probably quadruple. What? Okay, first of all, I love that Ben did that because I'm buying Jonathan Davenport's Ooh. stock because there's no way JD won five races this year. He will book it right now. I'll bet somebody somebody wants to win on this action 100 bucks. anybody right now. Jonathan's going to win more than five races next year. I am buying Jonathan Davenport's stock right now. Ben has been wrong twice now that I know of. <laughs> this time in the instance about the bubble before. Uh, then I think I'll buy some Bobby Pierce stock too, right? Oh, well, so that's I've, who I was going for. Not, not, I'm you, putting my house money on Bobby Pierce. Go ahead. I'll let you take the Bobby, Bobby Pierce. Bobby Pierce had eight wins this year. There ain't a chance in hell that he's going to win less than that. I think he's going to go back to his 15-16 range. Hopefully. So I'm going to buy a lot of Bobby Pierce uh, stock. I am selling Scott Bloomquist. Oh I just my. the name himself. He's still high in the market, but I'm selling him after last year's or this year's dismal season. I don't think he's going to win more than four or five races. But So you're not buying – this would be a good time to buy him low, but you right or no? I, you, but I think by his name himself, he's still, he's up, still there. up there. He's still okay. up there. But I'm selling him. Wow. Okay. All right. A bloomer a bloomer. The Kovac, who are you selling? We haven't heard from you. Boom. Well, if I'm going to sell somebody right now, I mean, uh, not because I don't think he's really good, but how about Jimmy Owens? He's on top of the world. He just won the most stickers he's ever won in a season in the late model for 20. So, I mean, I, I, he might even say he's in, nowhere to go but down, you know, because he did so well this year. So, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that stock could even go any higher at this point. So, I mean, I'm just not that I think he's going to be doing bad or anything, but that, that if I was going to try to – Make a call. I'd have to sell him, I guess. All right. Hey, and I'd like to. I'd like to point out Rigsby already lost a hundred bucks this year because he bet that Jimmy Owens would not win the Lucas guy. <laughs> I was actually gonna, who was going to win it. Who was going to win it? I can't. Ben, I don't know. My, my, I have COVID brain. I can't remember all yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah, because Jonathan Davenport was going to win the title again. <laughs> I may or may not have said that no less than twenty-five times in February and been incorrect all twenty-five. I owe Mark Richards a hundred dollars. Do I owe you a hundred bucks, or is it just Mark Richards? I owe a hundred bucks for that. I can't remember. I think it's just Mark. Man, no, just it's say just yes. Mark. Okay, I was gonna say Jimmy too because listen, the thing though, you still want the Jimmy Owen stock, right? Even though you might sell it because he's only gonna win like fourteen races next year, it's still a valuable commodity. I think. Yes, so, for sure. Okay, on the heels of that last late model question in this video cast, each one of you, Derek, you can go to make a bold prediction for me for next year, Kovac. I think I heard you say McCready wins the Lucas Oil title next year. Is that your bold prediction, or do you have something else? Nah, I'm not going to count that as bold because I think that that's a there's a good chance of that one happening. I'm I'm saying Scott Bloomquist wins a Crown Jewel race next year. I oh. think he comes in and he's gonna it's gonna be we're gonna have one magical. I'm gonna maybe it won't maybe it, maybe it might not be the only time this ever happens. You know, in the rest of his career, but he's 57 years old. You know, and coming off just a season where he won one race. Uh, he, he's got to have one more at least in him and a crown jewel. And I think he gets some time off this winter a little bit. And then he comes back and, and one of these races, I'm not sure which one, I mean, I, we'll, we'll, I'm not going that crazy with it, but somewhere he's winning a crown jewel in 2021. Benji, what do you got? Well, here's a few things. And number one, T-Mac, when you listen to this, even though your boy, your, your fellow guy from the Northeast, <laughs> Kovac backed off, Number one on my list, Tim McCready will win the Lucas Oil title. Ooh, okay. Uh, I've got Jonathan Davenport winning the World of Outlaws title on the Rocket One card. Oh, no <laughs> way. That's right. He's not going to be in it. Sheffy's going to get it done again on the Outlaw Tour. But I t I'm going to say this. 
It will be the most closely won championship of his young career. Uh, Kyle Strickler is going to win a crown jewel at Eldora. I don't know which one yet, but he's going to win one there. And last but not least, the Chicago Bears, they're going to continue to punish their fans with questionable draft picks <laughs> and terrible play calls. I know at least one of those is a lock. Uh, they're both a lock. I can tell you the bear. <laughs> both of the Bears things are happening all the time. So, Swab, do you have a, a bold prediction? Get me on camera here. It's going to be – this one's going to come from the heart. But I'm looking right now at a guy in Bear Lake, Pennsylvania. Oh, He's going to win his first ever national touring series. He got close last year. He's got a rocket car fresh off that eighth place run at the Dirt Track World Championship. I think that I think that Boom could win at East Bay. He was close last year, and he could win one out in PA, maybe like the Erie's area or somewhere out there. So Boom wins a national touring race. Book it. Book it. <laughs> Why are you laughing the entire time that you're giving this? Because I'm I'm seeing him in bold. Victory Lane smoking his cig, getting out of the car, big W, but he was close a few times last year. Wow. Okay. When, when he started out, I was like, man, Chubb won the world. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, guys. I want to finish up with, you know, obviously it's no secret. We, um, we cover a ton of sprint cars now in Flow Racing, right, with the entire all-star schedule, the USAC thing. So one of the funny things that Derek and I did during the COVID times or early during a video cast was late model guys talking sprint cars. And a ton of sprint car drivers reached out to me about it, and they thought it was funny. So I'm going to put us on the clock. We're only doing three minutes of this. Ben is going to have to carry us, right? Because Ben's actually a sprint car guy in late model guys' clothing. So I'm going to put us on the clock for three minutes. As soon as I ask the first question or make the first statement, late model guys talking sprint cars for three minutes. Uh, ben, start us off. What are you most interested in for 2021 in the sprint car world? <laughs> uh, listening to you guys talk about sprint cars. You know, um, Aaron Reitzel, three dominant titles in a row with the all-star sprints and now he goes to the roth motorsports entry and he's going to be on the road with the world of outlaws long time coming and the thing i love about aaron is aaron is that guy he's kind of like a kyle strickler he's gonna wreck it or win it and he really doesn't give a damn what you think i think he's gonna be entertaining on that tour right till till i die i say it all the time watch him so who's the favorite now in the all-stars this year benji who's our all-star i mean i think Corey elias and and, you know zeb wise i think those are some rising stars over there i think it kind of becomes those but you never know when somebody like a tim schaefer might land a ride back with that deal and kind of spoil the party for the new guys all right i'm gonna go next uh you know i I think what we see a lot in late model racing is some of these unsanctioned races that have grown and grown and i'm a little bit selfish in this because i'm involved in the event but Ben knows all about this. We have the Wild Wing Shootout in Arizona in January. If you'll recall... Wait, there's sp- more racing? Sp- yeah, there's more racing. Sprint yeah. car racing in January in Arizona, Ben, was a rite of passage for a long time, right? Winter Heat and Kokopa and all these other places that had it. This field shaping up for Arizona, this unsanctioned race in late January. Donnie Schatz, Tony Stewart, uh, Rico. Ben, help me out. Who are some of the other 410 guys that are coming? It's a really good field in Arizona for this unsanctioned race. Oh, it's really good. I mean, you mentioned those guys. Lance DeWeese is coming yeah. out there. You know, Tim Cating. We, you know, we've got some more guys in the works. Um, you know, so far, they're, they're right at 20 guys that have committed, and, and they're all pretty damn good. Uh, you know, you've got the, some of the West Coast guys. I know that uh, Carson Macedo is going to be there now. We might have to talk about him in a minute, being in the Jason Johnson car next year. But, yeah, it's really shaping up, and you're going to laugh at this. At the Cotton Pick in 100 a few weeks ago, I was talking. Tyler Herb was sitting there. He had no idea what Randall Edwards and I were talking about. And we started talking about the Slick 50 shootout from back in the days oh. at Manzanita. And they would run on Sunday nights, and it was live on TNN. And uh, we started talking about that. So it's really cool to be bringing this big event out there. And there's, there is a lot of interest. And, uh, man, I can't wait to see how that one plays out. Kov- Kovac, talk sprint cars to me. Yeah, I remember the Slick 50 shootout. I think <laughs> Fred Raymer won out there. Pennsylvania oh, yeah. Boy, you know? So, hey, remember, I'm, I'm right in the backyard here, Central Pennsylvania sprint car country. So. It's not like uh, sprint cars aren't far away from me. I, I got a lot of sprint cars around here, and I used to go to a lot of them. I've seen a lot of sprint car races. Um, uh, my my favorite driver also is a, is a full sprint car. You knew that was coming. At, at the New York State Fairgrounds of Syracuse, you know, the Zemco number one. Uh, how about that? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested here to see, like, how, how Donnie shot this. Isn't it two years in a row now that he yeah. hasn't won the World of Outlaws Championship? Uh yeah, you know, uh, that, that's that's unusual, you know. So uh, I, I think that Donnie Schatz is, uh, will be back with a fury, I think, in 2021. I, it, it's going to be back to uh, uh, multiple, you know, double-figure wins for Donnie Schatz. Suave, you like- know, something along those lines, third in the points. He hasn't won an outlaw title since 2018. He hasn't won a Knoxville Nationals since 17, I believe. 
I mean, the good news is he won forty-seven in a row before that, so he built he up. Did, yeah. He did win that ten times that for each of those. Times. Yeah, ten times on each one of those. You know, it's kind of cool. He's going to be at the Wild West Shootout first time he's made all six late model events, and he's going to be there in the sprint car. Um, somebody, I wish that could come out there, but he's back to NASCAR. And I'll throw this to you guys. Think about this one. Depending on how much Kyle Larson gets to run a sprint car next year. There are as many as 44 sprint car midget feature wins from this year that will now be up for grabs because he might not be there. And a late model race. Yeah, and, a, and one late model race when he broke Sheppy. Well, that was that 45. Night. I was leaving that out. <laughs> uh, Suave, you can finish this out 20 well, seconds. I mean, first card. off, the, last week, Donnie Schatz followed me on Twitter, so I did not know who he even <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's active there now. Yeah, so I like that. And also, it's going to be cool to see. I was going to mention Donnie Schatz racing the Wild West shootout, but on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s podcast, did like Kyle Larson like get me my blood flowing when he said he wants to come race the biggest race at Fairbury in the summer, Kovac? Guys, the when, Prairie he Dirt? Says, when he says get my blood flowing, I'll let you fill in the blanks yeah. on what exactly so, he means. I mean, how <laughs> badass would that be if he comes race that? This is they we're talking sprint cars here. We're He's not an talking about the guy. Prairie Dirt. No, no, no. That doesn't Well, we got out. the All-Stars coming to Fairbury. There you go. That's your note. There we All go. Right. All right, like the Georgia election, that runoff for Suave, I'm not sure. I don't know if it counted or not. Uh, ben Sheldon and Kevin Kovac, thank you so much, man. That was 45 solid minutes. Uh, I really appreciate it. We're going to do a little bit on silly season stuff next week, and I think one or two of you might be a part of that as well. So thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, take care. Yep. Thanks. See you later. Ah, Derek, I knew you'd work false in there somehow with Larson. Uh, That's open wheel uh, guy. Before we get to the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section and take a quick commercial break, I wanted to show, we're talking about all this racing that's going to be on flow. Let's show the live schedule, Derek, because we don't have Gateway in December, right? Let's take a look at the live schedule for January and February on flow racing. Uh, who could forget it? Actually, we have the Chili Bowl now, Derek. Uh, with the Chili Bowl comes the Lucas Oil Tulsa Shootout. So you got the Tulsa Shootout. We have the Hangover at 411. We have the Ice Bowl now at Talladega. We have the Wild West Shootout, and that field's really good. We have the Chili Bowl. Final three events, of course, remain on LOR TV and MAV, but we've got every preliminary event of the Chili Bowl. East Base Mod Week, the Wild Wings Shootout, the All-Star Sprints at Screven, and Cavan Fever at Boyd's. All of that, Derek, on Flow Racing live in the month of January. February, not too shabby either. We've got the All-Star Sprints in Florida at Volusia and East Bay. We've got the East Bay Crate Week. The Winter Freeze at Screven, which is uh, Southern All-Stars and Ultimate back-to-back. East Bay Sprints. We have every night of the Lucas Oil ASCS Sprint Car Tour this year. Co-stream with our friends from Racing Boys from Canyon in late February. And then we'll have USAC, Lincoln, Lone Star Stock Cars, and more. All of that live in January and February. And Derek, we are still on Dirt on Dirt right now, right? With that, don't forget our Speed Weeks coverage, which is award-winning, honestly. There's our coverage that has defined Dirt on Dirt, this and the Summer Nationals for a long time. Starts January 14th and runs all the way through February 13th, Derek. Speed Weeks coverage every night, Speed Weeks Minute, race day, uh, you know, video highlights, post-race interviews, drive home live on Facebook. Speed Weeks is about a month away, Suave. So we're getting close. I am starting a playoff Speed Weeks beard. I am going to shave completely off completely off January 13th when I leave and not shave until February 13th. How's he looking right now? I can't really get... Uh, you're pretty clean. You're pretty yeah. clean over there it's right now. a month. So, clean cut. Uh, but don't forget, all of those things live on Flow Racing in January and February and Speed Weeks. You know we bring it hard in Speed Weeks. Also, how funny is it that they race at Lincoln, PA in February? No, they do it That's all the time. Hilarious. And if it's warm, they have a million people there. It's right? awesome. So uh, we're going to step away for a quick 60-second commercial break and come back with the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section after this. Shepard will win night number one of the late models. Brandon Shepard takes the $15,000 win. The squirrel, Brian Shirley in car 3S. But it's all B-Shep. 
on a Thursday night here at East Bay. You gotta love this, the slider by Ziegler. One more shot at the line. Who is it? Mason Ziegler wins. He has won three in a row here at Lucia Speedway Park. Jimmy Owens. I want to round things off with the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. So I've got some good ones today. Uh, Derek, you're too young to remember this, but Putnam Raceway, uh, formerly Putnam County Speedway, and I say it wrong every time, so folks from Florida, don't get mad at me. Satsuma, it, it's near Volusia, just north of Volusia a little bit. Satsuma, Florida, it is reopening in 2021 under Tracy Cantley. And by itself, you're thinking, okay, it's going to reopen, maybe or maybe not. They'll run super late models, right, during speed weeks or at some point in February when everybody's down there. But what's interesting, and this was reported by the Palatka Daily News, is that Cantley is a roofing contractor, and he is considering building a roof over the entire track, Derek, to avoid rainouts. So uh, what do you think when you hear that, right? We've always talked about, could you dome a, a stadium? I don't know if this We've is We've heard dome. some crazy ideas like Bubba putting the tarp down in the turns. <laughs> If we had an outdoor track that has a roof, that'd be epic. Uh, what about the pits, though, right? The pits are always a mess. The pits rain out as many uh, tracks as the roof. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, place in Florida reopening. We're always looking for other options. You know, East Bay's closing in three or four years. Who knows? Who knows? I'm just, just throwing it out there. Uh, the Stuart Friesen deal that I was turned on to this week, nothing is firmed up yet for Stuart, but he has confirmed uh, that he and that Halmar team are considering getting a dirt late model. We're Derek. doomed. Uh, and for context, Friesen, of course, runs for Halmar on the truck series um, and in Northeast Modifieds. He was Northeast winningest modified driver this year. He had 27 victories, uh, Suave. He's won a World of Outlaw Sprint Car feature also, by the way. So could could Friesen get in a late model and do what Larson did? I, I don't I don't think he's Kyle Larson, but interesting note. My right? boy Stewie can wheel, though, and Kovac will be pumped up. Oh, my up. goodness. Well, Kovac, I, mean, we'll I don't have, know if he'll be able to control it. We'll have to just embed Kovac with Stuart Friesen. And that's but everything he's gotten into, he's... Wheeled pretty well. I don't know. He's not to Larson's level, but he's damn good. I agree. I agree. Skyline in Ohio, a, a track that from my, you know, that, that scrapbook I have over there, Derek, um, he's got a lot of Skyline memories in it. You know, Steve Shaver winning races at Skyline. It's reopening under Brad McCown, who owns Atomic. I think we've got a few races live there this year. I'll, I'll check on that. You like Skyline Chili? Uh, no, I don't really like Skyline Chili that much. I, I don't think it's that good. Is I was that, just wondering. It's I'll always in the Cincinnati area. Florence again. Uh, New York crate racer Chad Homan, unbeaten this season, Derek. Unbeaten this season in eight starts at the Hill Speedway out there in Pennsylvania. A track he had not even heard of until June. Uh, and that's something, right? He never heard of the place. He wins eight, eight races. He plans to combine his crate and super schedule in 21. He's going to run Freedom Motorsports Park regularly in supers and some ULMS events. I like to see those guys bump up a division, right? Let me bump up a division. I'd love to see Max Blair just go full-time super racing next year. Yeah, also. that'd be nice. He... And um, I gave a shout-out to the Wild Wings shootout earlier, the Wild West shootout a little over a month away, Derek. And I've got the, the roster here in front of me. Mike Marler, Bobby Pierce, The Simpsons, Jimmy Mars, Gordy Gundaker, Brian Shirley, Jason Fager, Tyler Erb, Johnny Scott. Uh, it's a hell of a field shaping up out there in Arizona. Again, the finale pays twenty-five grand this year. It'll be interesting racing head-to-head -head with Volusia, right? The Outlaws at Volusia on the final night racing head-to-head -head with the Wild West Shootout, which is a bummer, I'm not going to lie. But uh, either way, I think uh, both are going to have good fields, and Arizona's holding strong. Yeah, I don't – this is the most equal playing field I think we've seen in a long time. Obviously, you had Brandon Shepard there the yeah. last couple years and the way that the seasons have been going. You knew he was probably going to get – one of those bonuses. Bobby Pierce had that chance, unfortunately, with Mother Nature's. But I think this year we could see six different races, six different winners, and I guess the people at Kaiser and the bonus won't be that mad about it then, right? No, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think last year two guys won ten thousand bucks. I think you think nobody wins any of this year, is what you're saying? I think saying. it could be. There's a chance that you know six races, six different winners. It's we should a, have to a pay. A, but we should have to pay a bonus out if that happens, right? Like an extra thousand bucks a night. Chris oh Curtis is dying somewhere. <laughs> Uh, before we duck out, I wanted to toss up that graphic one more time, Dustin, on uh, the best of schedule. Don't forget, please check this stuff out. The Dirt on Dirt Best of 2020. It's one of the best series we do. It starts, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. When I say today, I mean Wednesday morning when Top Drivers comes out all the way down through December 14th when we do our state-by-state -state capsules of the Midwest, drivers and driver awards and finishes, etc. And then all the way through New Year's Eve, really, or up till New Year's Eve with more state-by-state -state capsules, best races, uh, most memorable moments, and uh, the best of the rest, images and the year in music. Don't forget 
to check out that best of coverage, which hits the Dirt on Dirt website on Wednesday morning, December 2nd. One more Rigsby report uh, I've got before the year is over. I think I'm going to do Rick Eckert, Suave. Rick has had a really interesting year, everything from his grandson and just a storied career in late model racing that's closer to the end than it's closer to the beginning. So I think I'm going to have Scrub on uh, for the Rigsby report. Uh, two more video casts, including our full-on sort of silly season PRI edition that we'll do. Suave Talk will have Turbo and Austin Kirkpatrick on. I am excited about that, building his own race cars now, causing some stink. Yeah, I uh, texted him today and said, hey, do you want to be, can we call you on Thursday afternoon? He said he was supposed to get married that day. <laughs> and I was like, well, we're not going to change it for you. And then he was just bullshit with me. But he did. That was a good one, Kirkpatrick. I was like, well, we're not going to do it then on your wedding day. So. Yeah, we're going to have him, and uh, I got some interesting questions to ask him, maybe some technology stuff, and maybe I can get dialed in to start tuning on Boom's car at the dirt track. Okay, it all comes back to Boom. We're also going to do a Stay Home, that segment where we watch a race with the driver. We're going to watch last year's Gateway with Ryan Unzicker, and just some other fun December stuff as well. Also, Timmy wants us to do a Stay Home watching the Chili Bowl T-Mac. With, uh, oh, Tim McCready. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be fun. I would love that. Okay, two two Stay Homes. I love that. Uh, And Swab, I just think you and I are, you know, it's been a nuts um, year, man, but I think we're we're back on the content train, and I'm I'm excited about that. So, um, any, anything to finish it up? This was nice to get back on the video cast horse for the first time in a month and a half. Yeah, it's like you mentioned it. Please go watch those videos. I just didn't waste two weeks out of my time <laughs> just for shits and gigs. I like doing them, but they're for you. Uh, uh, they're very detailed and great sound bites throughout the entire year. You get to relive some moments like Turbo and Bobby Pierce in the incident, as I like to call it, but. Man, 2020 has been one nutty year, and I cannot believe we raced this many times, but I'm glad we got to do a best of uh, segments for it. For Derek Kessinger, for Kevin Kovac, for Ben Shelton, we will be back next week with another video cast. Derek himself will have a uh, another uh, swath talk with Turbo coming up, and I will have another Rigsby report as well. And please, go listen to the Rigsby report with Todd Turner uh, that dropped this morning on Tuesday. It's just Todd recalling the madness of 2020. Uh, and everything else. It's an unbelievable listen. And Todd's Todd is one of the most important figures in the history of late model racing. Go give that a listen. We will see you guys back here next week. Thank you.